everybody. Welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. Last week, I informed you on the good old boys club over there in Kokomo and Howard County, Indiana. This week, I'm going to highlight eight of the way too many unsolved or highly suspicious cases in both Kokomo and Howard County. Are you ready? Let's do this! So before I get fully started into this week's episode, I have a couple of things that I want to cover first. One of them is that Dwayne's sister and my sister-in-law-to-be, Jacqueline Elizabeth Egypt Covington, was taken from all of us just four years ago, June 22nd, yesterday, 2021, marked four years when two cowards allegedly entered her home, the wrong home for that matter, and shot and killed her for no reason at all. They were trying to steal weed from her neighbors that were out of town, and these fucking scumbags, in my opinion, went to the wrong door, shot Egypt, tied her wrists in Christmas lights, stole her phone, and drove back to Toledo, Ohio. Not a speck of remorse. Not an ounce of care. Tim Moore. Shandon Groom and Shane Evans. I know you are not convicted, but you have been arrested, arraigned, charged, and bound over without bail in this horrific, selfish, and cowardly murder of our precious Egypt. Thank you all so much for the love and support over the past couple of days. We appreciate all of you so much. On a lighter note, next up, I have a huge announcement regarding our upcoming peaceful protest on Friday, July 2nd, 2021, along with the incredible community members, those traveling hours and hours, and most importantly, the families of loved ones seeking justice, I'd like to announce that Anthony Greeno of Anthony Greeno Investigations will be a guest speaker, and he will also be interviewing families, video recording the entire event, and producing an insane production for his YouTube channel, you guys, that has over 11.4 thousand subscribers. That's 11.4 thousand people having the opportunity to help find justice and help us hold Kokomo Police Department and Howard County Sheriff's Department accountable. You won't want to miss this. You guys also in attendance and speaking at the protest will be Private Investigator Dale Seward. 
a retired police officer turned private investigator. Dale has worked on and continues working on unsolved cases in Kokomo and all over Indiana. Dale is not afraid to call out corruption when he sees it. Please join us on Friday, July 2nd, Tanner Barton's birthday in downtown Kokomo, Indiana, where we will be protesting in front of the government buildings and Howard County Attorney Alan Wilson's office to get all of the unsolved and highly suspicious cases into the right hands. Every single family deserves justice. Okay, so you can listen to the 12-part series on the highly suspicious death of Tanner Barton, who collapsed and died at the bottom of his friend's basement stairs and was left nearly six hours before 911 was called. Howard County Sheriff's Department has lots of splainin' to do. You can also listen to my six-part series on Brittany Bell's highly suspicious death in Kokomo, Indiana. Brittany was found naked from her rib cage down with open wounds and suspicious markings on her deceased body. Kokomo Police Department claims Brittany died of an overdose. However, her toxicology report proves that false. Kokomo Police Department has lots of splainin' to do. The cases I am highlighting today are in no particular order at all, and I have received all of my information from public spaces like Facebook, the Kokomo Tribune, Kokomo Perspective, and other news media outlets. Tabitha Ann Rains died on October 5th, 2002. A 16-year-old wife and mother brutally murdered in Tipton County, Indiana. You guys, her lifeless body was found face up with a single bullet hole between her eyes. She was found in Cicero Creek in Tipton City Park by two boys who were there fishing. Tabitha was asked to be with her friend, whose last name is Pratt, at a local hospital to be with Pratt's grandmother that was gravely ill and may not make it through the night. Pratt's boyfriend, Neff, was waiting outside for Tabitha to take her to the hospital. Tabitha never returned home that night. What happened to Tabitha that night? Why would someone take this beautiful young woman's life? There have been a handful of suspects. Her husband, Michael Rains, was drilled by the police and named a suspect for a long time. It is alleged that Michael was extremely abusive to Tabitha and that she was preparing to divorce him. But then on March 20th, 2003, a guy with the last name Bush added a twist in the investigation. Bush told police he was sitting alone in the Tipton Park Pavilion a little before 11 p.m. on October 2nd when Tabby, as her friends called her, walked up to him seeming a bit antsy. Bush and Tabby shared some vodka and they talked for a bit. Bush then witnessed a car driven by Balzer enter the park and stop near them. He also recognized Neff. 
getting out of the car on the passenger side. Neff and Balzer went down the creek bank to the west. And about five to ten minutes later, they were spotted near a footbridge with a third person, last name Yates. Balzer yelled and motioned Tabby over to them, and Bush joined Tabby across the park. When they reached the trio, Balzer began accusing Tabby of stealing cocaine and demanding to know where it was. Tabby denied knowing anything, and this is when Bush said that Balzer pulled out a handgun and pistol-whipped Tabby in the side of the head and told Bush to shut the fuck up and don't say a fucking word. Balzer then pointed the gun at Tabby's forehead, and she pulled the trigger. Balzer demanded Neff and Yates help her drag Tabby's body away, and Bush ran from the park all the way to his home. Detectives said at the time that Bush's information corroborated details known only by authorities. Police arrested Balzer, Neff, and Yates the night Bush made his statement about that night, and charges were made and a trial was awaiting. You guys, during the trial, Bush admitted to consuming copious amounts of narcotics that night, in addition to the alcohol. This, unfortunately, was used against him and his testimony by Balzer's attorney. Along with her attorney stating Balzer's alibi being in Kokomo with her mother at Little Daddy's Adult Entertainment Club the night Tabby was murdered. So what happened then? Who shot and killed Tabitha Raines? Neff, one of the guys charged in her murder, made a plea deal in exchange for his testimony. You guys, he testified that in exchange for cocaine, he arranged the meeting between Tabby and Balzer in the park that night so that Balzer could beat Tabby up. He admitted to providing Balzer the gun from his mother Debbie's house to use to scare Tabby into telling her where the missing drugs were. Balzer then asked Neff and Yates to watch her back as she fought Tabby. In June of 2004, after weeks of testimony, the jury returned not guilty verdicts on all counts. In 2015, 13 years later, Balzer was incarcerated at the Howard County Jail on unrelated charges and has a lengthy criminal history. Charges against Yates were later dropped and he was freed because the prosecutor, Jay Rich, did not think he could get a conviction. In October 2004, Neff was sentenced to eight years. But after successful appeals, just after 15 months, he was released. This is when the exposure comes out. It is alleged that the prosecutor, Jay Rich, has personal involvement with the guilty parties. If he would have been trying to get a conviction, he would have had to put his friends on the stand for all of the alleged cover-ups they committed with evidence. The prosecutor, Jay Rich, did not allow Tabitha's mother in the courtroom. 
He said he was going to call her as a witness. But you guys, he never called her. So why would he keep a mother out of the courtroom? Why would he call Tabitha's mother as a witness when she wasn't at the scene when her daughter was brutally murdered? Was that just a ploy to keep her out? Was Jay Rich being slimy and looking out for his friends instead of the victim? I have my opinion on that one. Tabitha Ann Rains deserves justice. Prosecutor Jay Rich has some splaining to do, and so do all of the police departments involved in her case. Chad Nicholas Rouse died at the age of 20 on November 15, 2006. You guys, Chad has a tattoo on him that says, Can't stop, won't stop. No joke. Chad was shot in the back around 10.15 in the morning with a witness in the house. Kokomo Police Department arrived on scene and the witness told police that a medium-built black male was seen running from the area after the body was discovered. He was also described as having a bushy beard and wearing a black do-rag over his head a dark blue hoodie, and blue and white tennis shoes. Kokomo Police Department and Howard County Sheriff deputies scoured the area looking for the man, but came up empty. Shocker. Nearly 15 years later, you guys, and Chad still doesn't have justice. Kokomo Police Department has some splaining to do. Rachel McGuire died at the age of 25 on December 5, 2014. On this dreadful day, it is alleged that Rachel was arguing with a guy named Mike and another guy named Chris walked in and witnessed Mike slam Rachel against the wall and shoved a needle full of three times the normal limit of morphine through her jeans and put this amazing young lady to sleep forever. Mike's girlfriend has allegedly admitted to knowing that Mike hot-shotted Rachel. And Rachel's mother allegedly has audio video admitting Mike did it. This has all been turned in to the Howard County Sheriff's Department and to the Kokomo Police Department. But nothing has been done. You guys, this alleged video is of Mike admitting and threatening Rachel's mother when she confronted him and he said he would do the same to her if she went to his house. And still nothing from Kokomo Police Department or Howard County Sheriff's Department. And what about Chris, you guys? He allegedly witnessed this murder, and he never called 911 for Rachel to even have a chance at surviving. Kokomo Police Department and Howard County Sheriff's Department, do your job. This case should be solved. Rachel did not intentionally overdose, in my opinion. 
Coroner Jay Price said there is foul play in her case. Rachel McGuire deserves justice. Once again, both departments have lots of splaining to do. Destiny Pittman. This beautiful aspiring model and mother died at the age of 21 on February 7th, 2013. Destiny died of a single gunshot wound to her torso after being shot in the home she shared with a female roommate. Destiny's roommate and her roommate's two children were both there at the time of the shooting, along with her boyfriend. Kokomo Police Department responded to the scene. Kokomo Police Department reported that they think two intruders forced their way into the home around 9.30 that evening and fired a single gunshot, striking her in the chest. Detectives interviewed several friends, family members, and neighbors, but no one has been charged. But family says it doesn't add up and nothing seems right. They have their own suspicions. Destiny Pittman deserves justice. Once again, Kokomo Police Department, you have some splaining to do. Karina McClurkin went missing at 18 years old on October 13, 2016 in Kokomo, Indiana. Karina was allegedly dealing with a number of substance abuse issues, and she was hanging with an older crowd. According to Karina's father and grandmother, this lifestyle may have played a role in her disappearance. She had spoken to family members about the possibility of going to a rehabilitation facility in Florida, and she even had begun filling out the paperwork before she went missing. Karina was last seen walking on South Washington Street around 10 p.m. She told her grandmother she was planning to meet up with a boy and then go to a party with him. She left her wallet and identification behind and has never been heard from again. The rumors and speculation regarding Karina's disappearance have been astronomical. A woman serving time in jail for dealing heroin says she has heard things and wants to bring the family some closure. All tips are relayed to the Kokomo Police Department. Karina's grandmother said, although she doesn't feel they are being given a proper follow-up. Karina McClurkin's case remains unsolved. You've had nearly five years to figure this out, Kokomo Police Department. It's time to be the heroes and hand Karina's case to the state where they have so many more resources available. Karina deserves justice. You again have splaining to do, Kokomo Police Department. Robert Rowe died on July 12, 2004 in Center, Indiana, just south and east of the Kokomo city limits. Robert owned a business and was very social with a very big heart. A week after Independence Day in 2004, someone entered his home leaving signs of a bloody struggle behind. 
He was beaten so severely. There seemed to be a personal connection, according to Howard County Sheriff's Officer Greg Hargrove. No one has been arrested or charged with Robert Rowe's murder. You can't figure this one out either, Greg Hargrove. Howard County Sheriff's Department, you have some splaining. You guys, just months later in Kokomo, Indiana, Janet Yearly was found dead on Thanksgiving in 2004. Kokomo Police Department claims that it appears Janet allowed a stranger into her home on North Apperson Way. Janet Yearly still does not have justice. Come on, Kokomo Police Department. Give this up to the state. Now, you guys, less than a year after Robert Rowe died, and just three months after Janet Yearling's killing, on February 8th, 2006, Teresa Cooper was murdered in her home in Kokomo. Teresa was found beaten to death and sexually abused in the upstairs bedroom of her house. No one has been arrested for the murder of Teresa Cooper. But there was a man who claimed to be a witness. On the streets of Kokomo and inside the Howard County Jail, he was known as Nat Dog. Nat Dog lives close to all three victims. Six-tenths of a mile from Robert Rowe, 1.7 miles from Janet Yearly, and 265 feet from Teresa Cooper. Nat Dog's rap sheet is extensive, including raping and beating women. And you guys, once Nat Dog was arrested for raping and beating a woman, these types of brutal murders happen to stop. Is it just a coincidence? You guys, there is a ton of information on these three cases and the connections amongst all of them. Did the same person kill Robert, Janet, and Teresa? Robert Rowe, Janet Yearly, and Teresa Cooper all deserve justice. You guys, Dale Seward, one of our guest speakers at the protest on July 2nd, 2021 in Kokomo, is the private investigator hired by Teresa Cooper's family. And then we have these Kokomo, Indiana, unsolved cases. February 19, 2005, an arson fire killed Amy Parrish, age 25, her sons Dakota and Caleb, and stepson Casey, all died of smoke inhalation. The fire was ruled homicide since the fire department ruled the fire was arson. This case is unsolved. October 2nd, 1998, Bruce Jackson, age 23, was found shot on East Monroe Street by Kokomo police and later died in Howard Regional Health System. This case is unsolved. March 15, 1998, Jeffrey L. Williams, age 51, was shot and killed in his trailer at Riley Modern Estates. 
the Howard County Sheriff's Department is investigating. His case is still unsolved. February 8th, 1997. Lionel Hampton, age 30, gunned down by two men in the parking lot of Elks Club on East Havens Street. Kokomo police are investigating. This case is unsolved. March 1, 1991. Julie Dalton Johnson, age 29, mother of four, was reported missing by her husband. She was last seen leaving their trailer home in Kokomo Regency Trailer Park. Family and friends believe she was murdered. The case remains under investigation by the Howard County Sheriff's Department. Julie's case is unsolved. December 2nd, 1981. Dennis Newsom Jr., age 26, badly decomposed body was found Thanksgiving Day in Tipton County. His burnt pickup truck was found near Morgan Street in Howard County. This case is unsolved. And you guys, May 26th, 1980, Janet Rose Shirar, age 29, an elementary school teacher was found stabbed to death in her apartment southeast of Kokomo, Indiana. Her case is unsolved. Now, you guys, I wasn't able to highlight all of the unsolved cases in Kokomo and Howard County in this week's episode. Each and every case is just as important as every other one. Please be aware that there are so many grieving families going through so much bullshit from the local police department. It is a fact that the state police has many more resources to solve crimes. That's all I'm asking. Just hand these cases over to the state police and allow these families the justice they so very much deserve. What if this was your child? You guys, someone knows something about each one of these cases I discussed today. There are killers still roaming the streets of Howard County and Kokomo, Indiana. How can this be? There are witnesses in these cases. Do your fucking job and protect your community or give these cases to the state. It's that simple. We are looking for heroes in our law enforcement, not arrogant cowards. We are looking for protection from our law enforcement, not help in covering up crimes. We are looking for safety from our law enforcement, not heads being turned. And we are looking for empathy from our law enforcement, not just giving up. We are looking for our law enforcement to put yourself in these grieving families' shoes. 
What if this happened to your loved one? Would you stop fighting? You guys, this is the perfect time for me to remind all of you that I am well aware that there are many phenomenal police officers out there, and I am incredibly grateful for all of them. My goal here at Can't Stop, Won't Stop is to get these cases into the right hands. Through my experience with my sister-in-law, Egypt Covington's case, the state police is exactly where each of these cases belong. With the help of all of you, we know that we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. If you enjoyed this episode, please, you guys, give me a five-star review on Apple Podcast. This is free, and it will help get awareness to the public about the so many injustices happening to all these grieving families. Thank you so much for your support. Also, you can buy Can't Stop, Won't Stop merchandise at can'tstopwon'tstop.store. That's can't stop, won't stop, dot store. You can check out Can't Stop, Won't Stop on Facebook for details. It is absolutely disgusting, you guys, what so many grieving families have to go through. What if this happened to your innocent child? Would you stop fighting? Would you back down? Hell no. We can't stop, and we won't stop fighting until we get answers. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has been Only he four does. years since Brittany and was taken from all of us. It has been four years of obstacles and lies from people she trusted and from the police. It has been four years that no family should ever have to go through. Brittany, we can't stop, and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. You guys, please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information, where Dwayne and I go live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow me on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn. A huge thank you to singer and songwriter Mr. Peace for allowing us the rights to use the song Where'd You Go, featuring our beloved Egypt Covington. We appreciate you. Can't wait for next week, you guys. I'm